0: the Educated Actor. My name is Allie Jones and I am the guest for What's the Tea. Um, Huge shout out to the Educated Actor team, Natalie, Matt, and Caroline. I appreciate being asked to be a part of this. Um, So like I said, my name is Allie Jones. I am a writer, artist, curator, and self-care advocate. Um, I'm going to share some of my, uh, writing, my performance with y'all, um, as well as some of my, um, my background in theater and being on stage. So hope you're ready. Um, this first piece I'm going to share is called Siren Uprising. And so with this one, I kind of created a word, um, sirene. And so in French, the word for mermaid is sirene, but it's spelled differently. Um, And the word for queen is reine. And so what I did was I just put the two words together to create mermaid queen. Um, And so this is the uprising of the mermaid queens. Um, It's not completely like grammatically correct in French, but it flows. So Sighan Uprising I don't want to remember my life before mermaids. I was raised by saltwater queens, blessed by magical beings of mythic proportions, daughters of Yemaya and Gumbo. those who remind me of the beautiful resilience that lives within us, adorned with cowry and coiled crowns, goddesses who maintain the grace of a gazelle with the ever-changing tides. Sea Uprising my mermaid queens, flowing, crashing, rising. My mertopia is founded in unfiltered joy and black girl magic, a land where power is found within and not by intimidation, a place where black bodies are loved and appreciated, not demonized or sexualized, where unconditional love is currency, And joy literally recharges us. A society where the only economics we talk about are cooperative. Declaring our divinity and having opportunities to express that. Our national anthem is Golden by Jill Scott. Justice is restorative, equitable, and locally sourced. My grandma Genevieve. Cayenne pepper royalty, celestial matriarch, soft yet steady as a metronome in the kitchen with a laugh that could brighten any dim room. Unafraid of what is to come because her certainty is founded in love. Her setbacks created the beginning of her greatest comebacks. Flowing through the roughest current and remaining strong. Flowing, crashing, rising. I'm dreaming of a nation that honors artists, teachers, and farmers like doctors, lawyers, or engineers. Angela Davis is Prime Minister. Industrial complexities do not live here. We are fully aware of our privilege and responsibility to look out for each other. We honor ancestors healing generational scars, twerking for Mother Earth and planting seeds of resilience. Mother Teresa, calming like rosemary and gentle as gardenias, my earth warrior who taught me to respect and protect the earth, to value all life forms, holding space for her softness and ours, unconditionally magical, conjuring potions that transformed the flu into a slight sniffle or inventing the perfect bedtime story. She grew in the midst of adversity, never allowing the fear to stop her pursuit crashing against every judgment or expectation with determination flowing crashing rising our mental well-being matters it really does remember you are seen you are heard you are so loved you have to stop hating the experiences that shaped you Recognize the wounds and make space for healing. We share our joy, but we hide our pain. We shame it. We think we are burdens when we are blessings and perfect, but we are still worth it. My siren. My mermaid queens. Cousins who always remind me that I could do anything. Sisters that challenge me to seek softness in times of pain and trauma, to look at myself in a mirror, untarnished by self-loathing. My aquatic angels, who keep me sane when all I thought I could ever be was crazy. Loving with our hearts wide open, guided by our gut feelings and our star signs. et Dreamers, believers, lovers and warriors rising above black holes of doubt insecurities and fear flowing crashing rising so i first got on a stage (laughs) um in high school and i was actually a stage manager for um, our production of the Ash Girl uh, sophomore year sophomore year of high school and that transformed my entire existence um, I was actually bullied in middle school to the point where I did not feel like talking much um, I went into a little hermit shell and that's where I stayed um, up until uh, Ash Girl and after being stage manager for that production and kind of seeing like the intricacies of behind the stage and um I don't know there was something that was in me that kept calling me like to go like audition for something and so our next production that year was um dinner it was a dinner theater I forgot what it was called but it was a dinner theater play um with like just various ensemble casts, and so I auditioned, and um, I got it, and it was so funny. my very first like acting play, I was a lunch lady, um <laughs> we were lunch ladies, and we like we had a song that we sang, oh my gosh, it was great it was it was pretty wonderful um it was a great introduction. I feel like it it was a cool place to start and to to grow. Um, and from there, I auditioned for the spring musical, which was the pajama game. Um, at that time, again, it was my first time really acting. I had never been in a musical. So from the dancing to the singing like and the acting, I was like, what am I doing? Am I doing this right? Um, but, you know, the cast is great. We had a lot of really awesome adults, uh, adult allies supporting us. Uh, my favorite part was the costuming. Um, because it was set like in the 50s and so we got to like wear like um what was it like it's like halter dresses and like um a lot of like tulle involved so that was cool cuz yeah I'm I'm a sucker for a cute dress um and then I kind of just like let it go for a little while um until freshman year of college I went to go see the vagina monologues with my best friend and I remember we were in the audience we're supporting one of our other friends and we were like what is this play gonna be about like I had never heard of it and I remember I was sitting there and I was just like okay like bracing myself um and I remember leaving loving it, being so inspired, um having my heart kind of torn into different pieces and laughing and just being able to like understand like and and see personified like some aspects of what it's like to be a girl, to be a woman um in this world and society. Um and so that next year I auditioned and it was so funny because I auditioned still pretty uncomfortable with the word vagina. Like I was still like, ah, uh, do I, can I like do this without saying the word? And I kept asking, I was like, do I like, are there any parts where I don't have to be explicit? Any parts where I don't have to like say this phrase, um, and I remember, like, even in my introductions, I was like, "Okay, this feels safe," but like, who? Um, and you know, looking back, it's it's really beautiful because, like, since that time, that first uh, show that I was in, I have been in the Vagina Monologues five times. Um, actually, I met Natalie uh, while we were in the Vagina Monologues, and yeah, I have done various parts. There is one part that I've done twice and it's really beautiful to me that I got to do that part um, because it was the part that inspired me to be a part of the show. Um, I remember when I saw it, there was this part, there was this piece called Because He'd Like to Look at It and it describes this woman and her experience of like hating her vagina until she meets this man who loves vaginas. And That was kind of like weird to me, like to, you know, have someone learn to love themselves through someone else. But the idea of learning to love yourself was what stuck with me. Um, And I remember not really loving myself and actually more actively hating myself when I started this journey. Um, And I've seen just the ways that theater can really like break a lot of divides within yourself. Um, as well as like, you know, that feeling of isolation, that feeling of loneliness, or like, you're the only person going through X, Y, and Z. And I've seen countless times, you know, uh, folks come together and start off as strangers and end up as family. And, um, I referenced that in Seagland Uprising, I, I have, um, a few of my very best friends that I met um, while being in the vagina monologues. <laughs> um, I'm not, pre- I'm not like endorsing Eve Ensler, <laughs> like it's not what I'm saying right now, um, but <laughs> definitely it had a profound impact on my life, um, and I just have to shout that out because I don't think I would, I would be who I am without the women who held space for me, the sisters who supported me the um, mentors and angels who really have guided me um, into some of the work that I do um, and yeah I, I feel really really blessed to have had that introduction to performance to the stage um, to myself in a way that I really didn't have before, um, I was very shy, I was really timid, very timid person, um, and like I said, I was terrified to even say the word vagina, where, you know, this last time I performed Bob, um, it was like, I knew all the jokes, I was like ready, I was like, just mentally, emotionally invested in this space, and, um, really been just able to like bloom and I think that that's the beauty of like art to me the beauty of theater the beauty of these spaces where as artists as black artists you know we're able to reimagine a world where we get to just be or we get to share parts of our story that we might not share otherwise or um kind of just take different angles to it. And I, I think it's so valuable, so beautiful for us to just think about what that can look like, right? Like for us to sit with these ideas of what it means for us to transform our communities by transforming ourselves or investing in our communities by investing in ourselves. And I think i've taken a lot of like self-investment time um to be able to just do the things that i do um like i said i'm i'm an artist and i'm a writer but i also am a youth development worker and so i work with um middle school youth in oakland um and i think that it's, it's really powerful for young people to have access to a lot of these arts programs that we talk about Um, I know that as a young person, I would have benefited from having these spaces, from having people see me from being able to see myself reflected. um, Because I didn't, I didn't see that, whether it was like, what I was watching on TV, or the movies, or even the books that I read, like, I really tried, I was like, very much a nerd child. Um, But what I took in was a lot of white media, a lot of, you know, white dominated culture. And I mean, I'm not knocking my gossip girl or uh, my Degrassi, you know, like I'm not knocking those things, but it was, it was rare that I saw myself in those spaces. um, Physically, I think emotionally, mentally, I was like, oh my gosh, like we're all connected. Um, But physically it was it was hard to see myself and I remember um in high school when we went to go see Wicked um we went to the Orpheum and I remember just being in awe and I connected to Elphaba like that she was a character that I just deeply understood and like felt just on a spiritual level and like really being able to like sit with that like i was like i don't know I was like 1718 um resonating with the quote unquote wicked witch and it was just like proof to me that we only see certain sides of a story right like we only get to encounter what people want for us to know people want for us to hear and with that i i was really i was really like I was inspired. I was inspired to hold some space for myself. I think I was still growing in who I was. um, Still kind of experimenting with what that looked like. Um, I've gone through many hairstyles, many different clothing choices. Um, Not all of them were fabulous, but (laughs) but they're a part of my journey. Um, And I think that Lately, so I am in a, an MFA in a writing program, and lately I've been really, like, drawn to poetry. I've been really drawn to how we tell our stories um, through prose, and I've been really drawn to stage play. Um, and And honestly, the way that coronavirus has been shifting our world, you know, even thinking of zoom plays or, you know, different video production of, of something. And so just kind of like revisiting what it means for us to create content that is accessible, that is um, intentional and that, you know, really, really embodies the world we want to see, the world we live in, the, the ways we want to interact with each other. Um, and that's exciting for me. Um, I've been brainstorming a play lately and getting more excited about that. Um, like I said, vagina monologues was something that was impactful for me. Um, understanding that there are definitely like nuances and that not all of the stories were told accurately or, um, were politically correct I know that there's a lot you know there's a lot of commentary on the way that this was done and I think that both truths can can live in the same space um, but yeah so I I've also been really inspired by um, for color for colored girls who consider suicide when the rainbow was enough um, just thinking about my own personal journeys with mental health um, and you know battling depression and really i mean high functioning anxiety um and suicidal ideation i think that a lot of the youth i've dealt i've served have dealt with um all a number of those things and i i think about how um a lot of my own pain and trauma stemmed from my um, adolescence and what that could look like if I had, you know, support services or um, expressive outlets sooner. But having them now is really beautiful because I'm able to do a lot of that inner child healing. I'm able to do a lot of that um, kind of like generational healing. It's, It's ancestral work, you know, to be able to to form these words and create the space and generate this, this universe essentially, um, where I get to, to just be. Um, and I feel like that's, that's the role, like our, our role as artists, our role as creators, as, um, folks who hold these platforms is to, be role models, you know, to be these mirrors of love, to be these mirrors of um, hope, you know, to be these lighthouses in really dark times because we need that. You know, it's it's true that not everything is always going to be positive and beautiful and bright and brilliant. But I think that even just for a moment to be able to celebrate little victories, to be able to find joy you know in times of sadness to be able to hold space for laughter when you're grieving i think it's it's really pertinent um and then see and uprising i talk about my grandma and my grandma genevieve passed away last may and i remember when i was writing that piece her dementia was getting worse Um, And she was starting to forget us. She was starting to forget um, her daughters, her grandchildren, her family. And in writing, I was was so sad. And so I was processing the grief of, you know, her and where she was and like her leaving her physical body, as well as um, the death of one of my best friends and sisters Essence who I also uh, was in the vagina monologues with telling you everyone like almost every significant person in my life right now I've had some kind of (laughs) connection I was going to say some kind of like vagina connection but that's not okay anyways um (laughs) but I also was writing that piece Um, it started off as a poem and then it it morphed into um, a narrative braid and I thought it was important to do that braid because it was this poem of mermaids who've inspired me mixed in with this like mertopia, and I really wanted it to be this like mermaid utopia that like infuses you know all of the things I love and care about all of the like political ideologies and ways of thinking and moving in the world um you know Thinking, like I mentioned, like cooperative economics and restorative justice and all of these different things, you know, thinking about joy and love and community and, you know, collective resistance as a means for our collective liberation. And so, yeah, those that piece is really dear to my heart. And just for those reasons that I shared um, and I I really am um passionate about mental health awareness. Um in this past 2 years I have known four people sorry I really had to think about each person. Um four people personally who have taken their life. Um and it's it's really hard to say that. Um, and it's, it's hard to think about as well. And I just think that I want us to have more spaces to be able to share with each other, to be able to hear each other, to be able to see each other, because there was a, this assumption that they were fine when they weren't. And that was... Honestly, I don't think as a community, you know, we address these things, Um, the black community specifically, we act like suicide is not something that is a part of, I don't know, our, our, like our lives at all in the same way that you can pray away depression or anxiety. And, you know, we're seeing these lynchings happening. Um, all over, you know, California and the US. And, you know, a lot of black folks have been like, black people don't hang themselves, black people don't hang themselves. And I've had to correct people. Because I think the addendum could be black people don't hang themselves in trees. Because that that's true. Lynching is very much, you know, that. But the black folks that I know that have died by suicide have died by hanging themselves. And so I think that that erasure is really dangerous. It's really, really dangerous. Um, so this next piece that I'm going to share, my last piece, um, is called black girl soldier. Um, And it's dedicated to all of the black women who have had to hold more than they can bear, who have had to carry things that they never imagined and who have had to act like they're fine when they're not. And to all of the black girls who should never have to face that. Our first general was underground. Railroads couldn't compare to the depths of her mind. On a mission with a vision precision. In the darkest cave covered by branches. Branches isolated by shame, no matter where we go. The darkest storms. Uprooted black bodies. We continue to hide how we feel inside. Not equal. Not well. What is being? The blood that drops, my heart that stops beating, beating emotions and strength from this black vessel, gasping for air, craving help someone to care anyone to see that you are not invincible. Sold and conditioned. Hanging on by a noose with no room to break loose from the labels you didn't ask for. Martyr complex. Struggling to catch your breath under waters of expectation. Bury your pain to survive. They can't relate. Dissociate. Nuclear fractures. Familial disasters. Armed with silence surrounded by never-ending violence. Haven't we had enough? Faking like we're fine, struggling in pride, lynchings rule to suicide. We're told to hide our wounds inside, self-inflicted crimes, the deepest roots. Admiral abolitionist writer, wells of information filled her books. On a crusade for justice, fighting to resist before a balled-up fist. Truth of liberation, asphyxiation. We are the seeds from strange fruit. Lemon trees in the summer breeze, hemorrhaging from the root. Under leaves of ignorance, your mind assassinated. Your soul kidnapped, your body raped, There is no escape from the scars, the skin. When can we begin to heal, to feel, to just be free? In the cage where birds wish to sing, Harriet, Ida, Billy, Nina, shape-shifting trauma into triumph, Gardenias bloom across the street. Cope or heal. Ultimately, it's all about how you deal. The deepest roots hold the darkest storms. My name is Allie Jones, and that is the tea for today. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one.